Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Rolling for another week of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski with you once again from from the... Uh, <laughs> I was trying to come up with something creative from the studios <laughs> of growingandgrace.org behind the uh, the golden <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Mine's uh, the, uh, made from the golden. streets of heaven. <laughs> uh, we are seated currently as we speak in the heavenlies with Christ yes. Jesus. We were and raised so, up with him. So we can we can roll with that, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, well, hey, you know, sometimes we, about, we so. start talking about stuff here in the beginning of the program, and it's all fun, it's loose, it's good, but then we sort of feel like, whoa, this program went by fast, and we don't get every thought in that we had planned on doing. <laughs> Not that we have any thoughts ahead of time anyway, but they come to us as we we record, and then we run out of time. That's right, so, it, it, but we've received um, a lot of comments from people who say they enjoy this, uh, you know, this the bantering, kind of the, yeah, the banter. So that's it's good. It's all good. But hey, yeah, let's get into it this week. What were we going to well, talk about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's pick up a little bit from where we left off last week. We were talking about uh, the fact that, uh, along with a lot of other, this this is what cracks me up here, Joel. Um, there's a book out about hyper grace, criticizing grace. <laughs> Well, he says he loves grace, but then it contradicts himself. Um, who doesn't love grace, right? Uh, but he, he attacks and criticizes internationally known ministries and ministers. And then somehow lumped in there, at least in one chapter of his book, in the appendix and the notes, we, we were referenced. Our little humble podcast here with just you and me were referenced among some of the biggest ministries out there, at least uh, in in terms of grace and and uh, well known ministries around the world that you can find on TV and everything else, but radio or whatever. And we were listed, and it was in reference to um, the words of Jesus accusing us of running from the words of Jesus. If you missed it, it was last week's program. Just go to growingandgrace.org. Highest program number on there, and uh, we, we it's the one before this one, uh, previous date. So we're going to pick up from there a little bit and and talk about, because people like this, the, the, the hyper-grace accusers, um, they tend to believe that the law is somehow a part, the law of Moses, the commandments, are supposed to be a part of the Christian life. We believe nothing could be further from the truth. I, I don't know how to say it any plainer other than to say we don't believe that at all based on what we read in the Scripture, in, in the Gospel. So that's what we're going to pick up on, Joel. Let's talk about why we don't believe the law is a part of the life of a believer. And let me just mention first, it's important to understand this because most most people don't know it, and that is that we as Gentiles, that's going to be most of us. I, I, I'm assuming there are very few people in our audience who are actual Jewish people, Jews, you know, and, and born born that way. Um, but we as Gentiles were never, ever, going back to the time of Moses and, and beyond, 
Gentiles were never under that law. And then when Jesus died and brought in the new covenant, not even the Jews were under it anymore. But I'll let you pick up from here, Joel. Yeah, and that's a really, really good point, because here's the thing. We talk about the new covenant, because God said in those days, I will make a new covenant with them. And he was talking to the Jews, and he was talking about the Jews, because they were under this old covenant. As we talked about last week, the problem with that covenant was that God found fault with them, that is, with the people, because they couldn't keep the covenant, they didn't keep the covenant. And so a place was sought for a second one, for a new one. For the Jews, it was a new covenant. They had to be out of the old covenant and into this new covenant. For Gentiles, we weren't under any covenant, so technically speaking, for Gentiles, this is the only covenant it's not a new covenant for us because we weren't under the old covenant. So just, you know, technically speaking, we have, as Gentiles, never had anything to do with that old covenant. We just happened to be placed into this covenant, the same covenant that God made with the Jews, the new one for them, the only one that we've ever been a part of, because prior to this, as Gentiles, we were on the outside. We were excluded. The Bible says we were far off. And we were brought near through the blood of Jesus, Paul says. And so that is a very important thing to uh, bring out. You know, the, one of the reasons why people say that we need to be under the law, or that in Christ we are still under the law, comes from these words of Jesus in Matthew five seventeen. He says, Do not think—this is Jesus speaking—do not think that I came to destroy or to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So people say, look, see, that verse right there says that, see, Jesus didn't destroy or abolish the, the, uh, the law and the prophets. And so we're still under the law, and we're still under the prophets. And, but the problem with that, and, and well, the truth behind that is that Jesus didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets. It's true, but he did fulfill it. And that's exactly what happened. He fulfilled it because, again, God finding fault with us, we couldn't do that. And so Jesus perfectly fulfilled all of it. And then, here's what he did. He hung upon a cross. He died, and he was raised again. And what Colossians says is that the law was nailed to the cross. And so the law itself, Jesus himself didn't abolish it or destroy it, but when he fulfilled it, it was nailed to the cross with him. And then when he rose again from the dead and we rose with him, it was not with the law, but it was apart from the law. And so that's very important for us to know. Well, I mean, yeah, it sure is. And that's huge because, you know, people will say, okay, well, look, because you, you touched on some of the dietary laws in last week's program and uh, how people tend to avoid those. Because some people might say, well, look, Paul did talk about that we're free to eat whatever we want. So we know the dietary laws really don't apply anymore. We know the sacrificial laws don't apply anymore because of the sacrifice of Jesus. But the moral laws are still in place. And let's just clarify here that we're not here to some people think we're given a license for people to go sin. People don't need a license to go sin. Right. <laughs> they, can, they can do it just fine without one. But the mm -hmm. fact is, the more you teach the law, the more it entices people to sin. Did you know that? So what we're actually talking about here with grace 
Paul told Titus that it's grace that is actually the motivation that leads us to to uh, in, into a lifestyle that that is godly and, and holy and righteous. Um, not that we can do it perfectly, but it motivates us to do so because of the unconditional love of God that was demonstrated uh, with Christ on the cross. And uh, it's, it's, it's not by trying to keep the rules that will actually get people in line. The Bible itself tells us this. So some people might say that these other things have been done away with, but not the, uh, not the moral laws. See, we don't live by the law anymore. We don't live by the letter. We live by the life of Christ in us, and this is what we place our trust in. But there's a couple of things here I'll mention. First of all, Paul called the commandments written in stone the ministry of death. He referred to them as bondage in the book of Corinthians. And also in the book of Galatians, he referred to those commandments, the, the covenant that had been established on Mount Sinai. We all know what that's about, right? Those commandments brought bondage. That Hagar, the woman who, who gave birth with Abraham, was, was representing the old covenant. And then Isaac, uh, when he was born, represented the new, uh, represented the free. Whereas Hagar was, was the, the bondwoman who represented bondage, uh, which is where the, the commandments were given on Mount Sinai. So we, we've got that to deal with, too, when it comes to the moral side of it. And, and when people talk about the Ten Commandments, they're really talking about nine because nobody keeps the Sabbath anymore. <laughs> so you can, let's just call them the Nine Commandments going forward. That would probably, yeah, the big nine, uh, the nine commandments. (laughs) I mean, it's true. I mean, because if you're out there doing something on Friday night, because the technically the Sabbath was Friday sundown until Saturday sundown. You're out there mowing your lawn on a Saturday afternoon or doing anything. You're you're not keeping you're not keeping that commandment, and so you're you're say that really we need to keep the nine. But it's true, you know. The grace of God, I just want to focus on something you said real briefly. It's the grace of God that has appeared, that brings salvation. Uh, this is uh, from Titus 2. It's the grace that teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. That's, it's, grace does that. That's grace. But the Ten Commandments, or the Nine, or being under the law... Paul says in various places in Romans and in other places, that is exactly the thing that really entices law and brings about, entices sin and brings about sin. And, and you think, Joel, you're talking about the Ten Commandments here, right? And I'm like, yes, I am. Paul said in Romans 7, For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, You shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of covetousness, or all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, apart from the law, sin was dead. I was once alive without the law, but when the commandment came, and catch again what he was talking about. He was talking about coveting. So he's talking about the Ten Commandments here. When the commandment came, sin revived. That means it was brought to life, and I died. And the commandment which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. So, indeed, we understand that the law itself is good and just and holy. That's the problem for us. That's the problem for us, is that the commandment, the law, is good and just and holy. All it does to us 
is to entice sin, as you were saying there, Cap. Well, yeah, that's that's no fun, is it? I mean, so the, the law does have its place. Even today, I believe it has a, a place. It's just it's not meant for believers. And right. so we as Christians, we as, as, as believers in Christ, the, the law has no place in us. And it has no place in the life of a Jew anymore either. Because, you know, these, these people uh, who have a doctor in front of their name, and they, they think it gives them the right somehow to, to criticize people who believe in the grace of the gospel. Um, here, here's the deal. They, they usually believe that the new covenant is like an amendment or some sort of appendix to the old covenant. Whereas, really, the old covenant was made obsolete and replaced with the new this new covenant, uh, Romans 8, 7 again, for if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. God says regarding this new covenant, and remember this now, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more because Christ took away sin with his blood at the cross. And so... That, that if you if you walk away with nothing else, remember that you know, Hebrews eight twelve. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.